It's often a bit mystifying how brands magically go viral overnight. Sometimes they make it big, and other times they crash and burn. Is the road to brand fame and a bump to the bottom line worth the risk? I'm Alexis. And I'm Melissa. And we're just a little obsessed with these marketing moments. So join us as we break down the craziest brand stunts, from how the idea sparked to how the heck they pulled it off. Or didn't, and of course, will it stick? Hey, Melissa. Hey, Alexis. How's it going? It's going great. Dude, I'm exhausted from yesterday. We were famous yesterday. We were. We were like the, we were highly requested. We had like $1,000 worth of wristbands. (laughs) (laughs) We went to the Phoenix Open, also the Waste Management Open, worst name ever. But I get it. It's a big brand sponsorship, so good for them. It was a Thursday. We were just, you know, bipping around the Phoenix Open and we had one wristband to start with for one area that our banker gave us. And suddenly, by the end of the day, we had three wristbands <laughs> and we had been in every great party tent that you could be in. It was a blast. It was fun. I know. I had so much fun. Same. And I got to ride in that really fun sprinter van that was like all decked out. I know. That thing is amazing. I love, that's the life that I want to have all the time. Yeah. Like I just want to be networking. Oh, I was laughing. Do you remember when we said how we know we made it when we had a driver? Yes. A driver and someone blow drying our hair every day. Yes. We don't have either. And maybe like doing my makeup, Christina Guerrero. And like every morning. So you have made it. (laughs) Christina, you have made it. Okay, Melissa. So speaking of celebrities like Christina Guerrero, we're going to talk about some celebrities today. Okay. I mean, like- Like you? Like me? (laughs) You're not a celebrity. (laughs) Okay. My, really quick, tied to to digress, Kaden always asks me why I'm not famous like Christina and why I can't get VIP like Christina. And so I'm like, maybe someday I'll be famous, Kaden. Christina used to be on E, so she's fancy. She's super famous. And you know, she met the love of my life, Brad Pitt. She actually got to interview him. That is crazy. So we are going to talk about a big celebrity today. But first of all, I wanted to ask you a question. Do you have any idea how like marketing works for musicians? Market, yeah, like usually the record label when they sign on. I think the record label does the marketing for the album they're promoting. Yeah, which in turn does the marketing for the person. Correct. But did you know that they're basically giving the artist a loan? So they spend all this money marketing them, like creating their brand, doing all this stuff. And then if the the artist like doesn't perform or people don't like them, the artist has to pay the marketing label back. Wow. Or the label, the label back, back for the marketing? marketing. Yeah. Huh. So like there's some artists that like, you know, if they, they don't want to perform or they don't do it the way like the label dictates, yeah. they give up and they go in the poorhouse. They're like in debt. Because I actually heard that on, I listened to Only the Rich. I love that podcast, by the way. Shout out to those ladies. They're so good. But they covered Mariah Carey and they actually talk about that. How like she was with with one label and they like totally just did not work out and she like kind of got screwed. Well, yeah. And then, so you can switch labels, but you're still in debt you're to that label. You're still on the hook. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you better be pretty damn confident in who you are. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So as you know, I grew up in Hollywood with like some of these crazy childhood stars, musicians, and like all the crazy hype that went with them. Home improvement actors? Yes. As prom dates? 
<laughs> You're so fancy. But it's crazy because like when I was young, I didn't really think anything of it. Like I would go every Friday to Home Improvement with Zach. He'd film. Like it was cool in the beginning, like obviously going in the green room, but then it got kind of like every Friday we used to do that and we'd sit in the green room. And I remember it was so funny because we would be drinking Coke and we'd sit there and it was like me, Jessica Beale, and my – this. I don't know if you ever saw Curly Sue, but the oh, yeah. girl, Allie, who I love that Curly show. Sue. I love yeah. that movie. And it was like, I just thought nothing of it. I was like a nobody. And I was somehow with all these cool fucking people. But again, just didn't think anything of it. Like, we were just regular teenagers. But, you know, I knew they were working hard, but it just seemed like so cool and fun for them at the time. Like, why didn't you try to get into that life? You're, you're not, you don't like to act. That's the problem. No, I do not like to act. You don't like being behind the camera. In front of the camera. In front of the camera. No. And I mean, honestly, I think that what all, what bugged me is because back then, you know, Home Improvement was the number one show. And everywhere we went, it was like crazy fans, like out of control. I remember going to Magic Mountain one time and we were in line and we couldn't even talk. Like we we're having a conversation and it was like me, Zach, and JTT. And we're like just being kids. And it was so annoying. And I'm like, God, that would get Old to me. I it's just, cool that you recognize that so young because I think a lot of kids would be like, I want that, you know? No, we had to actually go, they had to shut down the gift shop for me to buy Andrew a present because people were just like bombarding it and they wanted to like allow us to shop in peace. Wow. It was super weird. So I, surreal. There's me in St. Charles, Illinois, not really around any celebrities. Yeah. So, I mean, I was always fascinated, but I knew that. I was like, I did not want to be a star because that fan thing. Like, I could just not take it. And I knew like, their life, it was like, they're just real people. Yeah. You know, and fans get so crazy. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about a celebrity that I don't think she can go anywhere, like anywhere without people just freaking going nuts about her. Okay. Okay. She has been called the pop princess. Do you know who she is? I mean, I would assume... The pop princess would be Britney Spears. <laughs> yes. Because she was my pop princess. And I freaking love Britney Spears. Me too. I'm really depressed now about her Instagram situation. It like breaks my heart I because, know. yeah, I mean, she, it's it's pretty brutal to watch. But I'm still a loyal super fan. Oh, As su- Cody Rigsby would say, it's like, you just gotta, I mean, you love her. You love gotta her. support her. And just you get the music. It's like you just always feel like energized with her songs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Always. So let me just talk for people who don't know about Britney, like how she began. I mean, she began performing at the age of three. Yeah. Is that insane? Yeah. I, it's crazy. Like three years old, like she's on stage, got this confidence, and just like belting it out. So yeah. they knew like she was a star from the beginning. Yeah. And it's crazy because she really made her fame like with the Mickey Mouse Club and Justin Timberlake, like, was in that. Like, all these huge celebrities were in the Mickey Mouse Club, and yeah. then they just exploded. So when it was canceled, like, her parents were determined to move her career forward, and they, like, took her career in their hands, and they're like, you are going to be a celebrity. And she was a celebrity, but it was like the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah. She wasn't even that big. So Giant Records was the first label who signed her and immediately flew her to Sweden to record the world record and like open for NSYNC. Oh my gosh. Is that crazy? crazy? That's like her first gig is opening for NSYNC. NSYNC. Is that insane? That's insane. So she like hit immediate stardom. I mean, 
she was so famous. Right away. I mean, when I was 16, her first album came out and it was like, we were all obsessed. Yeah. So in 1998, she made history with her Baby Hit Me One More Time video. She sold 10 million records. Wow. And if you remember that like Catholic school video was one of the top played videos ever. I was Britney Spears for Halloween for so many years. That outfit for so many years. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. She was so young and innocent, but then the label did like a phenomenal job by like making her wear that like schoolgirl, but yet a little sexy. Oh my God. A little sexy? It was straight up scandalous. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. It was a crop top tied forward. It was like the high socks. It was the short skirt. And I mean, it wasn't like she was wearing lingerie, but she looked hot AF. She did. I mean, but it's so funny because it was like, ravaged by critics for being too sexy but she was like look look at other people my age they're wearing far sexier outfits than me and she actually was wearing a sports bra under that shirt when she did it which is crazy yeah and so she was like interviewed on all these you know entertainment tonight that all jay leno all these things and she was like look i'm telling you like i don't like all these teenagers dress more provocatively than I do. And like that was the one time I just showed like a little bit of my belly. But it was crazy. Like they people, critics went nuts over that. And the best part is, guess how much that outfit cost? I mean, like nothing. Twenty three dollars. Yeah. And she bought it all from Kmart. <gasps> That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure, like, I had this vision when I was rewatching this that, like, you in high school were, like, making your friends, like, do the video, and you were Brittany, and you were like, guys, you're my backup dancers. Like, let's do this. And, like, you would do these performances. <laughs> Did you do that? So, I wasn't that cool in high school, but in college, for sure, that's what I was doing. I, like, want, yes, 100%. You were like, guys, let's replicate the video, but I'm Brittany. I'm Brittany. Guys, I'm Brittany. Don't worry. I'm Brittany, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was, like, dying. And I remember watching that video. I feel like we would just go crazy at, like, high school dances when it came out. And, like, everyone would be, like, was freaking out. And I remember that all the teenage boys were, like – I mean, everyone's still obsessed with Britney. But then they were, like, she was the hottest thing that, like – Yeah. It was insane. And look at it now. Like, they thought that was so sexy. Now, like, teenagers show their butt. Like, their their cutoffs are not – Shorts. They are full on like thongs. Okay, you're gonna go into like old lady territory right now, just complaining about what the young kids wear these days. I mean, <laughs> I told you about my sister the other day. I know. I was like, okay, first of all, she was going to like a brunch for 18th birthday and she tried on all these cute outfits and she comes out and like she has some like raunchy bra on that's like hot pink with like, I don't even know, it's like a chain strap. And it was hanging out, and then she had her stomach showing with fishnets, and I think like a schoolgirl skirt. I was like, "Hmm, that's some style right there, chica. That's fancy." (sighs) Oh my god! So Britney's outfit was a riot, but it like was what made her just freaking blow up. It was part of her marketing image. It was her brand. Yeah, and it's crazy. And then if you think about it, speaking of brand, so they were brilliant, this record label. So they had it all staged out. So Britney, and this is what's phenomenal about like- Phenomenal? That's a new word. That's phenomenal. (laughs) That's a new word. I just created it. it. It's phenomenal and abominable. Abominable together. At the same time. (laughs) Um, but so what they did is they slowly started like having her grow up and get more sexy and like 
it just intrigued and just caused so much craziness out there. So if you remember, in 1999, she was on the cover of Rolling Stones just wearing her underwear. Yep. And people went nuts. It was like she was basically naked, like right? And she was young. She was seven. She was one year older than me. So if I was 16 and 99, she was 17 or 18, yeah. Yeah. But I'm telling you, they the critics were like so rude about her doing that. But guess what? Screw the critics because in 2000, she won Best Female Artist at the Billboard Music Awards. So oh. people were – and that was just the beginning. Like people were freaking out about her brand. Yeah. And again, it's all – it's so crazy to me that this is all like guided by the record label. Like there's a whole marketing strategy. branding strategy team that is like carefully thinking through like her the PR, like her Where's image. Where's she going to go? What's she going to wear? Who's she going to be with? It's all contrived, right? It's all contrived. And it's crazy to me because they're branding a human. Mm-hmm. And like they are styling a human. It's it's like it's really trippy. Yeah. But, I mean, she signed up for it. She signed up for it. And they're controlling, like, every move. So, and I just, I think it's insane that, you know, she's this pop sensation. Everyone is just obsessed with her Mm -hmm. because of what the branding they did. I mean, phenomenal. And she wins these awards because she was marketed damn well. Yeah. So, do you know why fans become so obsessed with, with artists? Musicians? Yeah. I mean, no, but I love Adam Levine. Okay, let's let's have a little session here, lady. Okay, let's explore it. Okay, it's actually a psychological thing. So it's a whole strategy that the record labels do is that they want these artists to appeal to their fans in a way that like they can see themselves in the artist. So like teen girls saw Britney. And they're like, Britney's being sexy. I want to be sexy. Like, I would never have the balls to pose in my underwear. But, and hopefully not balls if it was a girl team. (laughs) Girl. But, you know. But they would never have the courage to pose in their underwear. Yeah. And But they were like, oh, my God, I desperately want to. So they were like developing this connection with Britney Spears. And then when they, like, Britney's through the lyrics, they like – associate things in their lives and with either they're missing something or like a breakup or it's like it's it was insane. so perfect it was probably perfectly timed like all the songs that were selected for her to record were like this is what teen girls want to hear at this phase right yeah so in other words like if you feel like there's something missing in your life or there's like some type of connection like either romantically or like like connection through interests like you identify so strongly with the celebrity and it makes you like kind of obsessed. Yeah. It's actually a there's a whole phenomenon about it. Really? And that's why they get so beyond obsessed because they want to be that person so bad. That's crazy. I've never been that obsessed with anyone. Um, I don't think I have either. Yeah. Cause I like I said, I was in it and I felt like so bad that people got yeah. so crazy. Yeah. So the other thing that's so crazy is so like back in the day celebrities would have fans, but the internet didn't exist, right? Mm -hmm. So, and like global music sharing didn't exist. And so now these celebrities are even bigger because of the internet. So like everyone worldwide can connect and like associate with these celebrities. And that's why they blow up. I mean, these musicians. You can watch them on Instagram and like, if they're doing it right, they're posting their everyday life and you feel like you're right there with them. 
Yeah, and it's like, it's crazy because there's no, like, again, in the past, there were like these micro communities of people following musicians. and like now, fan clubs. Remember like fan, fan clubs? clubs? Yeah. But now, I mean, it's global. They have like no physical parameters. They're across the globe. Like anyone can be a fan, buy their music. Yeah. It's just, it's endless. So with Britney Spears, obviously young conservative girls wanted to feel sexy and teenage boys wanted to, you know what, with Britney. Yeah. And so this is what, like, propelled her intense, like, fandom startup. hmm And so if you think about it, like, I was thinking this way, like, we're always trying to humanize a brand, right? hmm But I think if we can get give a brand, like, celebrity status, we will win every time. Oh, yeah. If we can make fans so obsessed with the brand, like, they can't – like, they want to see all the things they're doing and, like, be that person or be that brand or – like, Yeah. I mean, I feel like we always drive this home with our clients. Like, what's the emotion that this will provoke? Like, it's so crazy because when I was doing this, it's like, yeah, if we can create a brand that, like, creates this, like, emotional longing, whether it's romantic or physical or anything, and, like, and people want that brand so bad, it's just, it's going to blow up. Yeah. Because if it's it's a true emotional connection, then customers, like, will fall in love. Fall in love. They'll relate to it. They'll have empathy for it. You know, it's crazy. So if you think about it, Brittany just did just that, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, then in 2001, she released her second album, Oops, I Did It Again, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it debuted like number one on the US charts. It was insane. Yep. And people were so emotionally connected to her at this stage of her life yep. because, oops, she did it again. Yep. And then she like announced her relationship with Justin Timberlake. So people are like, oh my God, not only am I emotionally connected to her lyrics, now I I want a boyfriend that's like Justin Timberlake. <laughs> and so she actually, that was definitely, they were together, but it was publicized and strategically like added to her brand image. Like yeah. everything was about her and Justin and like their matching outfits. I mean, and that like, jean outfit is iconic. Yeah. And it's crazy because like when you read about it, like the publicist literally staged that jean outfit with them. 100%. And they were like, you guys got to go mat- wear this. And I mean, it you wasn't- Justin Timberlake. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's <laughs> crazy. So then if you think about it, she started taking a slight turn. Yes. I figured you were going to go into hashtag free Britney at some point. Well, it's coming up, but I'm going to tell you what else. I mean, she started getting so much more edgy. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Where like- her crazy performance with I'm a Slave for the You, snake. the snake, and would she dance that, like, python on stage? I was a freshman in college, and we watched it in the dorms. I was like, whoa. And people went nuts for of that. Course. But guess who didn't go nuts for that? Uh, Brittany? Oh, you don't remember my friends at PETA? <laughs> oh, PETA. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, duh. They caused a shitstorm yeah, over that. Of course they did. I was like, uh, I don't know who didn't like it. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. But then, remember, not only – so she started with that. Then she kissed Madonna on stage, uh-huh. which is crazy. But guess what? It was like a tongue makeout. Yeah. And she performed with Christina Aguilera and – well, Madonna performed with Christina Aguilera and Britney. And guess what? Like, I thought all along that it was Britney – it's like publicists trying to do this to because Madonna was such an icon. Yeah. It was actually the other way around. It yeah. was Madonna's publicist wanting to have her interact with Britney because to be cool again. To be cool again. Mm-hmm. 
Did you know that? Yeah, I did because I listened to another – there was another thing that I, I listened to, a podcast that covered Madonna. And, I mean, it's crazy how much is similar in Britney and Madonna's, like, trajectories. If you really, like, explore it, it's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. But but Madonna was not cool anymore at that point. No. So they – and then she started doing concerts again. And yeah. that really, like, resurfaced Madonna, which yeah. is insane. yeah. Madonna was originally called like the pop princess and uh-huh. she was like this icon. It was in the eighties. She was like all it was all about Madonna. I mean, how cool for Britney to be like, I like people are comparing me to Madonna. I mean, that's that is insane. insane. But it's also a big pair of shoes to fill, and that's pretty stressful when you're, you know, I don't know, twenty one, twenty? She was twenty. Twenty. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing I think is crazy is not only did they create this obsession around Britney, I mean, fans pay so much money to go see her in concert, and you know she lip syncs, right? I didn't know that. No. Yeah. But, and fans Always? Know, I mean, most of the time. And fans know it. Like, they- What? Totally get it. And- I'm pissed. I know, but the fans know it. They just crave this, like, exclusive experience that she provides, and- it's another scientific thing. It's called like this experimental currency. It's like this feeling that is generated at an event or interaction between a brand and a consumer where they get to have an exclusive experience that no one else has access to. And like the benefits to the consumer are like insane. It creates this like high and like memorable interaction in the brain Mm -hmm. that like customers feel like an insider. So they don't care. They're like, I just want to go to this concert because I'm going to have this experience. And then the second benefit is that they like spend this experimental currency by like telling all their friends. Like they get another high by being able to say, I went to her concert. And like they just, people want to feel so unique and special that they spend millions of dollars and are obsessed with her. Wow. I mean, it's crazy that it like, our consumer behavior to seek out like special and unique experiences is like so high. Like it drives so many things. Yeah. Interesting. So I know I'm getting like a little philosophical here. Philosophical? Philosophical. I know I'm getting a little it. philosophical here, but it's crazy. Like that currency, like people want to experience yeah. these, ex- like have they these experiences. They want to feel it. They want to feel it, but they also are so obsessed with being able to share it. And it's crazy that social media has become like embedded to like our interpersonal relationships so much that it's changed how we want to represent ourselves. They're like these digital personas, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when we use social media, we feel like we need to make our posts as interesting as we can for our friends because we want them to have access to like our daily life and think it's so fucking cool. No one fucking cares. I know. But people want to share off their unique experiences to differentiate themselves. Like yesterday, we posted our freaking badass experience at the Voob. Yeah. And then we tent, got- And we're like, yeah, uh-huh. we just want to show everyone that we're doing fun stuff. That's true. I mean, is that why I posted it? That I want to show everyone we're doing fun stuff? I don't know. I just thought we looked really cute. Oh. <laughs> but no, I get it. I love the brand. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I want to be associated with with Vuv. Yes. But I think it's crazy because social media has really turned us all into our own brands, right? Oh, 100%. And, you know, I think that we all struggle to, like, express our differentiated look, voice, experiences. Like, everyone's so stressed out about what they post. And I think it's so funny. It's, like, the highlight reel of your life. I know. You know, it's, like, so fake. But it's, like, society has gone through this mental change where they've moved from finding validation of, like, 
physical objects that they find like this extreme validation from experiencing like unique events and how they're going to document it. Mm-hmm. Like That's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. I mean, basically they're choosing to do things not because they want to do them, but because they want to share the experience that they did it on social media. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is like these celebrities or people want to share that they're a part of these experiences and almost a part of these like exclusive, exclusive events. Yeah. And this is really like how Britney catapulted her fame. Yeah. And how the free Britney movement came about yeah. because people wanted just to be a part of this free Britney movement. Yeah. So I'm not going to go into the whole like no, conservatorship it's thing. It's like yeah. too There's a crazy. billion podcast episodes you can go find about that. Yeah. But here it is. So basically Britney started spiraling out of control. It got so bad. Remember she shaved her head. Yep. She drove with her kids on the la- her lap. Like yeah. she locked herself in the bathroom with her kids and like just started being crazy. So the courts put her under conservatorship and had to basically have someone control her every move, like what she does with her finances, when she works, what she posts on social media, which she might need that control now. <laughs> um, but it lasted over a decade. Do you know how the Free Britney movement actually started? The movement or the hashtag? Is the hashtag. The hashtag? No, I don't. So it's crazy. It was actually started from these these two podcasters who had a podcast called Britney's Gram. Oh. And they leaked a voicemail and it just went freaking viral. Wow. Is that crazy? That's crazy. So that they like created the hashtag or did it happen after that, it, after it went viral? So after the podcast episode, the movement like called Free Britney began. Like yeah. it just, so it was really after that podcast episode. It wow. Just, the, it was like a true... Like the hashtag just went viral viral and was crazy. And, you know, so many of her celebrity fans like Miley Cyrus and Paris Hilton and everyone just like got behind it and started promoting it. So it just took off. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it's crazy that they were like, it wasn't created by her, 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 or her people or her her team. No, Isn't that nuts? Just these random podcasters. I mean, they were not random. They were talking about Britney's gram, but insane. Podcasters can do a lot. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And so the free Britney hashtag, like people just went nuts. They start, it started early on in the conservatorship and they just step, kept like, you know, bringing it to the forefront. And then obviously in the last 10 years, like at the end, they're like, we just need to bring this to the fore. We need to free Britney. Like this is not fair. Yeah. So, I mean, the free Britney hashtag has surpassed over a billion views on TikTok. It has 134,000 people who signed a petition to get her out. It became an entire global phenomenon. I mean, the merchandise that has been sold, the, like, rallies that have happened. Like, so people don't rally. It's not even their life, but they're rallying for her, which I love. Yeah. But, like, I, I was shocked at how big that movement became. Well, guess what? It just brings me back to the people-powered brand. Like these, this Britney has become so people-powered that they created this hashtag, they created this movement, and they are like this whole catalyst to change. Yeah. It's insane. It's like, it is phenomenal. So the Free Britney movement, it like made people feel like they were a part of this global community. And it like 
it really impacted. I mean, if you think about it, like during the trial, like people were insane. They were rallying everywhere. They were standing outside of the courthouse. Like they were obsessed. And people, I mean, are wearing shirts. They're, I mean, everyone, like if you don't know about the Free Britney movement, you're crazy. I know. Everyone knows. Because, and then on, so on, on Instagram, there is over 3 billion mentions. Wow. I'm not Like billion. Yeah. Insane. And there's probably how many press mentions? I mean, billions. Well, so that was the other thing. I could not find, I just searched, I tried to run it through databases. I could not find the amount of press coverage that she got but for there's this movement. so much. And it's over a decade. And it's worldwide. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that crazy? It's crazy. So, I mean, I don't know what you think, but I feel like celebrities, like if you can create this brand that is so people-powered and like people become obsessed, that- it's phenomenal. Like they branded Britney. And what's crazy is even with her down like her down downhill, yeah. People supported her. Like they oh, were yeah. so connected. And that's why they wanted to make sure that they created this movement to make sure they freed Britney. I mean, that documentary, did you watch that on Netflix? I was it Netflix? No, it was on Amazon Prime and it wouldn't let me oh. watch it. Oh my God, dude, it was so good. So good. And it like is eye-opening because much of what she was criticized for and, like, what we assumed she was, like, spiraling downhill for was, like, not that – it was, like, normal stuff that people go through. Like, I mean, maybe not driving with your kids in your lap. Okay, that's extreme. But, like, she just was, I mean, crushed by the media. And it would be so inappropriate today for a celebrity of that – like, for anybody to be crushed by the media the way that she was her whole life. Crushed by the media? They, yeah. And it's, like – like you said, she had these big shoes to fill because everyone compared her to Britney or to or Madonna. To Madonna. Mm-hmm. And think how like messed up in the head she is from that. Okay. Like she had to be perfect. Yeah. And not like to mention, again, I didn't want to get into all the craziness, but like her parents are fucking psycho. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. The mm-hmm. fact that they pushed her to do what they did, like she wanted to get up at times. I get that's great. Like she advanced her career. But at some point you got to be tired. Like you don't want to do it anymore. Or just, it's like yeah, she's like a, a puppet. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the Free Britney movement, I mean, it worked. It's phenomenal. It is so crazy that, I mean, there are other hashtags out there that go viral, but nothing that has been this big for a celebrity. No, this has got to be the the biggest one in our lifetime for sure. I mean, so far. There's been other movements, again, like the Me Too movement and things like that that have taken off from a political stance. Yeah. But not for a person. Not for a person. Mm -hmm. So... The branding and, like, her publicist, like, for her career was phenomenal. Yeah. The whole thing is crazy. So (sighs) what is the lesson? The lesson is, I mean, if you're going to be famous, just know what you're getting into, right? (laughs) If you're going to be famous, know what you're getting into. Or just, like, it's crazy because what I thought was so insane is celebrity branding is just like any other form of marketing. Like, it's so strategic. And... I know it may sound stupid, but I really thought it was like all people powered. Like I thought you get signed by a record label. And then the people make you famous and powerful. And Yeah, but it's all, it's, and obviously I thought I knew the record label like books the concerts and helps you with like certain things at concerts and yeah. like you're branded of your record label. But to the fact that they tell you what to wear, who to date, like it's, it's all layered on for your brand image is yeah. crazy. It is. It is crazy. So and it's not going anywhere. It Although is. it might. I don't know. Gen Z is changing shit up. 
I think it's going to change. With all these digital concerts, it's about to get really crazy. But I also think this new generation of celebrities, they are not allowing publicists to control them as much. They, like, want to be real and authentic. And sometimes it's bad for their brand. But they – I mean, people want the reality. Yeah. I mean – they're so criticized, but it's not yeah. as much as Britney. Yeah. I mean, well, I think we learned the world learned a lesson. Like it's not fair. Just because, I mean, uh, there was no men at that time frame who were doing the exact same things, who were criticized like she was for what they wore, for who they dated, for if they slept with someone, if they were a virgin or not. What, would you ever ask a guy if he was a virgin? Would they? Would that ever happen on TV? No, but you know, fifteen years ago, she was asked if she was a virgin. I know. Like they would. People don't do that anymore. It's not allowed. So we've yeah. learned as as like a world what's okay and what's not, but it's not fair that she was like, you know, a pawn. (laughs) I know. Well, let me cite some of my sources. Harper's Bazaar had some great information on the free Britney movement. Some other articles that just really fascinated me were Quota.com, why people become obsessed with certain celebrities. BBC had some great articles on the experimental currency that celebrities provide and like how people get so obsessed with these brands. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, our favorite Rolling Stones, Mm -hmm. they had some great articles about Britney. Yeah. That was a great one. And hashtag free Britney, but she's already free. So we're good now. (laughs) Thank you for listening. We hope you loved this episode and we hope that you'll come back next week for another great one. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen, leave us a review. And stay tuned because I'm going to put my all-time favorite Spotify playlist of Britney on our social media so you can just feel it again. Feel it. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.